Exceptional women are everywhere. You'll find them from coast to coast. And this episode is proof of that. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. Welcome to part two of the story behind her success, featuring California cabaret singer Francesca Amari. Described as a bundle of vocal dynamite, Francesca Amari has been earning a living as an entertainer for decades. And she's very proud of the fact that she's done it on her own terms. No small feat, just ask any singer or actor and they will tell you it's hard and often dream crushing. But not for Francesca, because she believes that our dreams might need to include options. We met in Palm Springs, where she's an ambassador for the city, performing year-round on stages large and small. And that has been the key to her success. Francesca is constantly creating, perfecting her craft. We were introduced through a friend, and although we were supposed to do this interview at a TV station, those plans changed without warning. And I just didn't want to miss the chance to interview her. So we recorded this in my rental car using my remote equipment. Talking about our love for Linda Ronstadt and singing a few lines from a Jimmy Webb song Linda Ronstadt recorded years ago. It's called The Moon's a Harsh Mistress. Check it out. See her as she flies, golden sails across the sky, close enough to touch, but careful if you try. Though she looks as warm as gold, the moon's a harsh mistress. She's hard to call your own. Turns out that's one of my favorite songs, too. And I couldn't wait to hear more about Francesca's success story. So here's part two of our time together in the car at a hotel near a very busy highway. And by the way, here's a little behind the scenes information. I had to move my car while she was talking and I was recording her when this huge tour bus just pulled up right alongside of us. So now I can add driving and recording with a microphone in my hand to my multitasking skills. Here's Francesca talking about one of her favorite songs to sing on stage. There's a cabaret song that I do, a composer, lyricist team named Marcy Heisler and Zena Goldrich. They're from Minneapolis, but they are New York people. They have a song called 15 Pounds Away From My Love, and it's all about being a little overweight. You know, I've dated a lot of guys, but this one particular one takes the cake. I used to feel good about myself until he said this. Oh, you won't believe it. You've got the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen I don't think any ocean comes in a shade of such amazing blue-green You know your disposition is sweeter than any perfume And with that million-dollar smile of yours you cannot help but light up the All it took was one look at you, baby With the music playing softly and slow All it took was one look at you, baby For a man like me to know 
You're just 15 pounds away from my love, baby. I touch too much of pie a la mode. You're just 15 pounds away from my love, baby. You're carrying too wide of a load. So you think I dumped this guy, but no, I gave him a second chance and he said this. I took you out to dinner, the conversation flowed like wine I took you on the dance floor and I've gotta say your mama was divine I kissed you and I knew I would never ever have to be lonely But then a little voice inside me said, man, oh man, oh man, if only all it took was one look at you, baby And I knew that I could show you to mom But when it comes to showing you off In front of every Dick and Harry and Tom You're just 15 pounds away from my love, baby Put back a calamari or two You're just 15 pounds away from my love, baby Amazing what some free weights could do if you really want my heart to flip, girl Put on a size 4 jean and make them fit, girl If you want some roses by the bunches On the floor and let me see some stomach crunches If you want to know that you are the one Put on some pumas, baby, go for a run Let's weigh up those health club dues What a You're 15 pounds away from my love, baby You take the cake, baby You really take it You're 15 pounds away from my love, baby Just another step class and I think we can make it So, needless to say, that man is not my husband And I never gave him much thought until I ran into him about six years later <laughs> I ran into him in front of Carmine's with his brand new wife. I don't think I've ever seen such a stick in all of my life. Oh, she was thin. And I have to admit, it filled my heart with glee. To see that he himself had gained a pound or two Or seventy-three He was fifty pounds away from my love, baby Five-oh, honey, the truth hurts He was fifty pounds away from my love, baby I guess he got his just desserts You know he got his just desserts He's carrying too wide of a load. And I love seeing that because it feels real to me. I'm from a round family and people say, did you write that? I'm like, no, but I could have. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about sharing the stage with others mm -hmm. because it requires both respect and generosity. Talk about that as a performer. That's such a great question, Candy. Thank you. I'm not a big 
pat myself on the back kind of person. I don't like blow my own horn, which I don't work as much as I want to because I'm not that person. But the one of the things I think I do the best as an entertainer is share the stage. When I'm in a position where we're singing harmonies, I quiet down because you have to quiet your voice to blend. You can't stick out. And I do that just naturally. And maybe it's because I came up with my sisters and we sang harmonies together. But I really want other people to shine. And so for 30 years, I sang with a trio called the Boogie Woogie Babies and around the Midwest and love those girls. So the first time after I moved to California and I wasn't performing with them regularly anymore, it was so weird. Even though I had been doing it in Michigan, I was so used to having Mary and Barb with me on stage that it was, it was like, oh, man, I'm all, I'm all alone, alone here. here. So that was a little weird. And to, to figure out how to own the stage without help. It's a real joy to perform with other singers that you really love and value and you trust them and you want their talent to shine because your talent shines more when you're with other people who are talented. Well, I dreamed I saw the knights in armor coming, saying something about a queen. There were peasants singing and drummers drumming, and the archers split the tree. There was a fanfare blowing to the sun. In the yellow haze of the 
which turns out to be the greater whole. It does, absolutely. And our biggest compliment has always been, I can't tell who's singing what. It's like, oh, thank you. Take us back to an iconic stage. Close your eyes. This is a performance you are most proud of. Paint us a picture. Everything is clicking. The room sounds great. The audience is in the palm of your hand, or maybe you're in the palm of theirs. Where are you? It was in Arizona doing Midlife the Crisis Musical, which was written by my brother-in-law, Bob Walton, and his brother, Jim Walton, who are Broadway guys. So there was a song toward the end of the show about making sure that you're not missing your life, that you're participating. And lots of great harmony, but all of a sudden, my mother, who had just died, like, six weeks earlier was in my head and I just froze. I couldn't sing. I, I got all, you know, choked up where your your throat closes and the chaos, there were five other people on stage, just enveloped me. Like they moved the blocking. They all came and just like hugged me on stage by standing near me. And we finished the song and it was beautiful. And it's like, oh, this is what music does. This is what connection to people does. It was really just an amazing moment. Your mom has come up a couple times Mm -hmm. in this interview. Was she a role model for you? I think she was. You know, she was straight out of the 50s, so she got married to my dad at the age of 17. They had their first kid at the age of 18. She had nine kids in nine years. She did not do the things she wanted to do in her life. She started working, but she pretty much was a stay-at-home mom until I think I was maybe in kindergarten. So that's a lot of time at home. And then she went to work. But the thing that my parents, both of them, always did is just like, you can do anything you want. You, Whatever your passion is, whatever you want, you can do that. And so in that sense, I actually was married to somebody before Dan. And he would say, how come you think you can do everything? Like, you don't even know how to do something. And you'll say, sure, I can do it. And it's like, that came from my parents came from my parents. They told me I could, and I just said, I'll figure it out. I don't know. I'll figure it out. You've been doing this for how many years as a singer? Since I was a child. But as an adult, I always had a full-time job and then did music on the side. And then in 1995, when I went to New York for a year, I just stopped doing full-time work. And I sort of made a career of doing gigs, and I teach theater, and I direct audiobooks. I sort of just do lots of things. Music is predominant now, but I haven't done like a full-time corporate job or whatever in all that time. Let's say there is a young artist listening to us. What do you wish you knew when you first got started that you could tell her today? I think I probably missed a lot of years because you do have a dream, but the dreams sometimes are based on other people's success. 
wherever I am, I have created work for myself as an entertainer. I make money at it. I make not great money at it, but I make enough to make a living. And I don't need to be in New York. I don't need to be in L.A. I don't need to be a big star. I need to be performing. And so once I realized that, I actually perform a lot more than a lot of my friends who have their equity cards because it's okay if I'm just performing in Palm Springs at some little club. I'm performing. I have an audience. They come. They like me. They appreciate what I'm doing. I don't have to be a big star. I have an album. I don't, I forget to sell it. I recorded it. That was awesome. And people have listened to it. But I don't have to be a big star. I don't have to be defined by how much money I'm making. If I'm performing, that is the success. Is that what you would say to a young singer who has a big dream and doesn't understand that maybe this is going to come in chapters? I don't know if I'd say that specifically because I'd want them to follow their dream. But I think I would say, but your dream might need to include options and it might not always be you're doing music. You might have to do other things, but it allows you to do everything that fuels your passion. You talked about being an audiobook director, and I want to hear more about that. What does that mean? People always think I narrate them, and I don't. I'm in the booth with the engineer, listening to the narrator, following along on the script. I'm like the thorn in their side because I'm the voice that they hear saying, oh, wait a minute, you said this, and it's not right. Or once in a while we talk, I, you know, the narrators for audiobooks, really are so independent and so creative that I'm not there to like say, Candy, you need to read it this way. But sometimes if a line comes, it's like, I didn't really, the reading on that was a little funny. Can you do it again? It's up to them to bring the characters to life. And I'm there to sort of monitor it and, and handhold them. You're also involved in children's theater. I Tell am. us a little bit about how you share your talent with children. I am. I work for a, a program that's really wonderful called Musical Theater University and it started out as a college prep program for high school kids and they come four days a week and they get voice lessons and dance and acting and improvisation and then this last year we started an MTU junior program so I'm working with the K through fifth graders and we're working on a production and a lot of theater games because kids already from the time they're like first and second graders are so self-conscious about themselves. And so I have to break all that down and say, it's okay. It's okay to be nervous or scared. And we're all scared. I'm not going to ask you to do anything I wouldn't do. And so we play a lot of theater games and I try to make them aware of how to create characters and how they can use their voices. And it's a lot of fun. I can tell by the smile on your face yeah. that it brings you joy it does. to share that skill. It does. The next three questions we ask everybody who sits where you are. First one, when an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? I make the obstacle my friend by getting to understand it and and what is happening and what do I do? How do I accomplish what I need to accomplish? And then either move through it or move around it. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? And Francesca, this can be personal, it can be professional. And can you share it with our mm -hmm. listeners today? I think most of the things I am influenced by probably came from my cabaret training. And that was about being authentic and real, tell the story of a song. And I've now applied that to my whole life. I have to be authentic, and if I'm having a bad day, tell people I'm having a bad day. It gives me empathy for other people. You know, we don't know what people are going through or facing. And so just be authentic and don't try to make your life seem what it's not. Tell the truth. Final question. Sure. Right now, in this chapter in your life, Francesca Amari, what does success mean to you? 
getting up in the day and being able to spend time with my husband. I love where we live. I love looking outside. And so I love the nature of the Palm Springs in Southern California. I love the weather. I love to perform. So I have bits of everything that I love in my life right now. I have a wonderful husband. I have a wonderful home. We have a great dog. And I get to sing. It's just like, this is sort of what I didn't know I wanted. And I have it. I want to say thank you so much oh, for thanks, Candy. sharing your story on the story behind her success. Thank you. And there she is, cabaret singer extraordinaire, Francesca Amari. Check out her award-winning weekly Facebook Live and YouTube performances, which she calls Cocktails and Cabaret, Wednesdays at 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. Follow Francesca Amari on Facebook at Cabaret Amari. A-M-A-R-I. For tour dates and all kinds of information, just go to FrancescaAmari.com. I'm always on the lookout for the next woman to profile. And as you can see, I am willing to record from the car if I have to. Although my producer hates it when I do that. Sorry, not sorry, John. If you have someone I should feature, will you please let me know? Just go to my website, CandyOterry.com. That's Candy with a Y, O-T-E-R-R-Y dot com. When we share our stories, we provide a roadmap for the next woman to follow. And before you know it, she might be thinking to herself, if she can do it, I can do it. I'll have a new inspiring story for you next week. What's your story? I can't wait to hear it. <laughs>